With recession risks abating, but inflation remaining unpredictable, how are institutional investors thinking about all this? This is The Markets. Hi, I'm Sam Grobart. Today, I'm joined by Oscar Ostland, Head of Market Analytics and Data Science at Marquee, our digital platform in global banking and markets. Oscar, you publish the monthly Marquee Quick Poll, which surveys more than 1,000 institutional investors. The latest poll just dropped. What's the big takeaway from the results? Well, what we found is that institutional investors are actually expecting a decoupling between the U.S. on the one side and Europe and China on the other. In the U.S., soft landing has become the very broad consensus. We see a majority of participants expect a fast drop in inflation and the U.S. consumer to stay relatively resilient throughout the year. But to some extent, that was already in the price, and we saw that last month, it being really the dominant consensus. But the bigger news is maybe that investors are starting to internalize the slowdown in China as well as in Europe. So as far as the U.S. is concerned, if the risks of recession are receding, what kind of risks rise in its place? Well, as we've seen, the consensus has strengthened here. And what we worry about is that the market as a whole has become somewhat too complacent. In the U.S., the market will expect both inflation to abate significantly throughout the year and into year end, as well as a resilient U.S. consumer. So that just sets a relatively high bar for data in the U.S. And to some extent, the price action this week confirms that. We've had relatively okay data, and yet the market hasn't really moved. What makes us more cautious is that we're entering into a period where we know inflation will be a bit more volatile, both from a technical perspective with changes in methodologies as well as with oil hitting new highs. And what about Europe and China? In Europe and China, on the other hand, the consensus has shifted the other way. And while we agree with it, you always want to be a bit worried about a consensus being too strong and not having enough contrarians in the market. So we've been talking about risk and the, the feelings about that within participants in the poll. Where are you seeing the most bullish sentiment? When, when we ask our investors about their views on asset classes, quite Interestingly, where they continue to be very bullish is on the fixed income complex in general. We have seen a relatively big move in duration, as we say, or, or long-term rates. But in general, I think investors feel relatively comfortable at this point owning that asset class. Where we see a lot of disagreement is the direction for equities. And we see a very strong correlation between sentiment and what we discussed earlier, the outlook for the U.S. economy, and the valuation for equities. In other words, you really have a cohort that thinks that we are going to see a cycle extension in the U.S., meaning that we're going through a soft landing and the U.S. growth will continue to be positive in the quarters and year to come. And another one that thinks that we're potentially hitting a soft patch and we will see the Fed cut rates more aggressively than what is priced. We're hitting the beginning of next year, maybe a bit more difficult for us from an economic perspective. Let's tie that sentiment to some news this week, which were the CPI numbers. If market participants increasingly believe a soft landing is possible, yet they also believe inflation is the biggest risk, how are they interpreting those numbers? 
I think the CPI number earlier this week and the retail sales data today as well as PPI data were in general a bit of a mixed bag. And there was enough for everybody to continue to believe in what they believe in. They found the evidence um, to support their position. Exactly. And so yeah. in general, the inflation data was a bit firmer than what the market expected. But certain key categories such as rent or owner's equivalent rent were a bit more on the softer and so positive side for, for people that want to see inflation come down. And as we said at the beginning, I think what the soft landing cohort expects is for inflation to abate, but also for the consumer to stay resilient. Right. And to some extent, not having inflation fall too fast is a sign that the consumer continues to stay resilient and gives that cohort hopes that we're going to power through the end of the year and into next year on a relatively stable footing. You were talking earlier about Europe and China. I want to just focus in on, on that a little bit. What is the investor sentiment right now around the economic outlook for those countries and regions? In China, what we have witnessed this year is a quite dramatic 180-degree shift from the beginning of the year when investors really expected continuation of the reopening trade and for China to really drive global growth to a relatively bearish view on the economy regarding China. It is no surprise to institutional investors that China is going through a structural readjustment of its economic model, and that leads to slower growth. And there are a certain number of challenges, such as obviously a relatively large real estate sector, uh, relatively subdued internal consumption. And so there are a certain number of macroeconomic policy challenges that policymakers are having to deal with. But the tactical view was that we were going to see this pickup this year due to the reopening. We didn't see that. And so I think investors are going back to the more long-term strategic challenges. And those point to a weaker currency, to slower growth, and to a certain number of challenges with over-levered players onshore. And what about in Europe? What's the view there? In Europe, I think that the shift hasn't been as dramatic, given that investors weren't as optimistic on Europe. But Europe continues to see challenges with both inflation that has proven to be relatively sticky and probably even stickier than in the U.S. with the like economic powerhouse of Europe, i.e. Uh, Germany, continuously slowing down and being quite severely exposed to the two major, I would say, shocks of this year, which are higher energy prices and a slower economy that is hurting Germany quite significantly. So we're seeing, I would say, more apathy towards uh, Europe. We see virtually no one picking the SX5E, which is the main European equity index as their favorite index, whereas the U.S. crowd tend to really like the S&P and the Asian investor community sees a lot of value in indices like the Japanese indices or other EM indices. What does all of this mean for global currencies compared to the dollar? Well, at the very beginning of the year, the consensus among that community was that the dollar was going to weaken. 
But as U.S. hard landing fears uh, dissipated, the soft landing view became prevalent, while other major blocks such as China, Europe, but even I uh, would say emerging markets as a whole have faced slightly slower growth. I think that the view on the dollar has somewhat shifted. Versus China, we're seeing a view that the renminbi will continue to weaken versus the dollar. And between the euro and the U.S. dollar, we continue to see some divergence in the sentiment or hawkishness of the central banks, which in the short term could support the dollar. Oscar, last question. What are you going to be watching for next week? Well, obviously, next week we have the September FOMC meeting. And while they're relatively widely expected to not hike, their forward guidance in the various forms that it will take, whether it's through the statement, through the dots, through the press conference, are going to be really watched by everybody in the markets, as there is still a lot of, I would say, uncertainty as to what the path will look like going into the end of the year and maybe even more importantly, how we should think about next year. Oscar, thanks again. Great to see you. Thanks very much for having me. That does it for another episode of The Markets. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sam Grobart. Thanks so much for listening. The opinions and views expressed in this program are not necessarily the opinions of Goldman Sachs or its affiliates. This program should not be copied or published without the express written consent of Goldman Sachs. Each brand mentioned in this program is the property of the company to which it relates and is not used to imply any ownership or license rights. Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice through this program. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any information contained in this program. Our theme music was composed by Soundboard.